Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap podcast here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Clive Glover and today I'm joined as quite often by Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Clive. Now, we're going to talk about a subject which is very dear to your heart because it's really about you. Yeah. Um, And it's really, we've called it being 18. And obviously, you are 18 and you've been 18 for a few months now, I think, haven't you? Yeah, I turned 18 back in summer. Um, Yeah, back in summer. Right. So you've already sort of come to terms with some of these things, or at least I imagine Mm, you have. Definitely. Um, And obviously... It's interesting. I mean, when I was uh, your age, it didn't mean anything because, of course, we had to wait till we were 21 before we became adult officially. Mm. Um, And it changed. I don't know when it changed, actually, but obviously over the last 20 years or 30 years, perhaps even, um, it suddenly become 18. Um, Now, becoming an adult legally, I suppose, is what it's mainly about in in many ways, because um, there's all sorts of things you can't do before you're 18, like opening bank accounts and things like that, all all boring adult stuff. Mm. Um, But um, can you tell me perhaps what what you've found or or things you've suddenly realised you can do that you couldn't do before? Well, I think, yeah, some, like you mentioned, definitely some things to do with just banking, which I find quite boring. But um, I feel like my mum definitely expects a bit more of me in that area. She expects me to be a bit more hands-on and a bit more engaged with that because it's my money at the end of the day, so I really need to know what's happening with it. Because prior to being 18, I had no idea really about bank... I knew a bit about bank accounts because we covered it in, in maths at school, but I didn't really know... What, there's so many different types, but I feel like I'm now entrusted a bit more to take a bit more control of that. I mean, I was going to say... Look, driving lessons but that's but that's more for 17 but it's kind of around that age anyway learning to drive is kind of something I associate with being an adult um having independence um because I feel like when you're young you obviously you always think of the driver as being a parent and being the adult and you're always driven around by adults and that now that role's kind of reversed because I'm now capable of passing my test hopefully um but yeah, those are kind of the two main things, I think. But I also think being 18, there's a lot of big decisions, like schooling, there's a big change. You, you're you leaving school, you could go to university, you could go an apprenticeship, you could travel abroad, you could do really anything you want to. Um, so I think that's quite a big part of being 18 as well. I mentioned about driving tests. Um, it's <laughs> You can take it theoretically, you can do all the things you have to do, there's various elements to it but if you actually apply for a driving test at the moment there's a huge backlog yes last time i looked it was over three hundred thousand backlog my daughter um tried to get one and they offered her a place in glasgow for a driving test wow yeah because my so my mum and i were talking to my driving instructor and he said that every monday morning at 9 a.m they release a few slots so my mum went on a monday morning got a slot for me and we actually got it in st albans for april which is actually quite okay, good, I that's think. Not, that's not too bad. No. Yeah, okay. Well, g- good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, right, so the um, other sort of things we were talking about is um, there's some bad ones. Like if you do commit a crime, for example, mm. you would be sent ultimately perhaps to a woman's jail, obviously an adult jail, rather than some sort of um, more cosy kind of um, youth Mm. custody type thing so you want to avoid that i'm not suggesting you would (laughs) do that but it's that sort of things which is really different yeah kind of it's those things that in the law you have no control over and just because you've turned one year older things change for you dramatically 
like I actually typed into Google um what is it being like 18 what is it like being 18 because I was curious as to what other people thought and one of them one person said it's just like being 17 but a year older and in theory yeah I agree with that but if you're in situations where the law is not the law states that because you're 18 this has to happen to you then it is quite a big difference but if you don't come across any of those situations or circumstances then you don't really feel like much has changed if you see what I mean yeah well i mean there's obviously lots of things like you can go to a pub for example and buy an alcoholic drink oh yeah how can i forget that well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm sure you haven't like most people haven't been to a pub before you were 18 no Um, definitely not (laughs) (laughs) um i mean that's an obvious one and um it's always a a fun thing i remember i actually um had a 18th birthday party in a local pub obviously with some of my friends and that was the first time i'd been asked to prove my age Mm. for months and i had been going there for quite a long time before i was 18 it's funny because i remember it wasn't long ago now but um when i was going to the pub for the first time and most people tend to go to the water and barn in st albans at my age because it's just really cheap (laughs) and i was so excited to use my id and it just feels so fun because you know that it's not fake you know you're gonna hopefully get in even though it's still a bit nerve-wracking because they sometimes they really do have a good look um but yeah well it depends on how you look i mean there's it's particularly difficult with girls i think or young women to tell their age mm. and so you you know you could have been 16 and tall and look like you're older and equally the other way around i mean my daughter's quite short and she gets accused of being underage and she's actually 21 One, yeah exactly <laughs> people different people just look very different ages to from what they actually are but um yeah I also thought another interesting part of being 18 was that it's interesting how we have role models who are the same age as us um because it feels like for me it feels like the more successful people are usually people who are older than I am because maybe they're successful in their career or they've had time to really develop something or really get good at something um but I was thinking especially of Emma Raducanu like how she's my own age and in a way it does bring up these feelings of inadequacy um as I'm not I it makes me think am I not using my time effectively enough and I know that's quite common amongst my age group when big kind of stars emerge at a young age we're like oh my gosh wow they're doing this at 18 and I'm doing this and it's kind of a you start comparing Yeah, I was going. To, I was going to mention her as well because obviously she's sort of sprung on the world um, a few months ago, mm. and everyone's quite astonished. And I'm sure you were watching the matches. I was watching and thinking, "Well, amazing!" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, for example, let's pick another one. How about Greta? Oh, of and course. Yeah. She's she's so famous. I can just mention her first name, and you know exactly who I mean. I know. She, she was only 16 when she started her sort of climate strike mm. and and obviously she's been hugely influential i mean she's able to go to things like the cop 26 and get mobbed at the railway station in glasgow mm. and have thousands of people you know listening to her speak and all the rest of it um and that's really quite astonishing and i think the main thing is how on earth can you cope with something like that at that age she's obviously she has managed very well because she's got used to it over the last two or three years but it's quite astonishing if you said in advance some 16 year old would be one of the best known people in the world and so on in this way and telling politicians what to do and what what they're not doing Mm. right um it's that's 
really quite astonishing. And um, I just hope, you know, obviously it, it doesn't cause problems further on because sometimes people, particularly like film stars or pop stars who are that sort of age, they have a really quite difficult life subsequently. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes fame f- can be very overwhelming at a young age. Yeah. But um, so obviously, but I mean, you, you sort of said you feel a bit inadequate. I mean, I don't know if you play tennis, but obviously you might think, well, I'm never going to get as good as that. She started when she was about three, mm, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I find do you, I do find it inspiring, though. I find really inspiring to see people my age. And it also gives me faith in my generation. I think if these people are emerging, like these are going to be the leaders of my own generation. And I think that's really exciting for me. And I know that Greta Thunberg, I think it's Thunberg, not Thunberg. Thunberg, Thunberg yes. yeah. Um, I just think it's amazing. And if she's someone who can become a figurehead and someone to rally behind. And I do think people tend to, if someone rises to prominence at such a young age, you you kind of listen up because you're thinking, what are they doing that's, they're so young. What, what, they must be making a good point to be so noticed. Yeah. I kind of measure her success by what people who don't like her or disagree with her say, because they're really rude sometimes. They're really very insulting and so on. And it seems to me that she's really got under their skin sufficiently to make them really annoyed. And that's actually quite good. I'm not thinking of any previous US presidents, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's right. But, you know, um, I saw a documentary about her, uh, Greta going round um, visiting various places. And she was treated, obviously, very uh, like royalty in many countries. Yeah. And she was shown all the effects of climate change and so on. And so she really did get to see the reality which she was talking talking about so that gives her a lot more credibility than perhaps people sort of imagine mm. and um I, th- I think that's really important and I guess she's probably going to end up being a politician of some kind isn't she I do agree because I think that's a really good point about the credibility because it just shows she has a lot more insight she's not someone who's preaching all this about climate change and not doing anything about herself or doesn't actually understand the issues because I think a main part of the COP26 was to bring those indigenous communities to light and um, countries that don't really get a lot of global coverage. And I think if Greta's seen, oh, Greta in particular, let's say, has seen that, then she, it makes her kind of a bit more valid and, yeah, incredible. There's also this strange thing in the world these days where you have people who are very, very famous in whatever, you know, they're film stars or something. And then one day, of course, they're no longer here and they sort of create a vacancy. Mm. And, um, you know, you say, oh, we need somebody, I mean, like a famous singer, Frank Sinatra, you may, have, I'm sure you've heard yes. of. Uh, and there's various people who are sort of trying to fill the same role he did. Now, in Greta's case, I imagine that Sir David Attenborough is probably someone she might almost replace. That's actually very true. I'd never thought of it like that. But I think, yeah, when David Attenborough passes away, that's going to be a, like, a loss to the nation. I think he's such a unifying figure. But yeah, hopefully someone... It's, it's good to know that there's someone who's a lot younger who's kind of being that um, eco kind of, not warrior, but because that's used quite derog- derogatory, but in a derogatory way. But uh, yeah. But um, I was going to ask you, Clive, what, do, what was it like being 18 at your age? Because I can imagine uh, when you were younger, because I can imagine it's quite different to nowadays. Well, one of the things I remember, I I went to school, which was about three miles away from where I lived at the time. And I actually passed my driving test, I think, um, when I was early 18. Mm. Uh, 
third time, I have to admit, I didn't pass first time. Um, and um, so I was driving to school as a, as a student, which was very, very weird in those days. And the first, uh, there were three or four of us and we had to ask if we could have parking spaces really? at the school. And this was terribly shocking to them. It was just unheard of. Mm. Now it's like, so common. A lot of people drive to school. It's kind of something that you work towards. Well, it was just, it's one of the things I remember very much that it was sort of seen as very sort of odd. I mean, there was a bus service. I used to catch the bus before that. But obviously when I had a car, I could drive there. That was great. Mm. And I, I did have a car and I could afford one at that time because it was, um, I can't remember exactly how old it was. It was pretty, pretty old car, but it worked really nicely. And Morris Minor. Oh, if yes. Know, if you know what those are. Yeah. They were very famous. And it was just a simple car. You could repair things by just opening the bonnet and thumping something. It always came back to life and it worked you know <laughs> cars these days you need to plug into computers to make anything happen oh yeah <laughs> yeah much more complicated these days um and i think also i mean i actually started work when i was 19 i did go to university briefly but i didn't really get on very well with it um and um so i was commuting up to london on the good old thameslink train yeah. i don't think it was called thameslink then um i can't remember what it was called but um I was commuting from sort of 19 and I did that for about more than 30 years. Wow. <sighs> so your, your path at 18 kind of shaped the rest of <laughs> the rest of the way that you went, if, the rest of, not the rest of your life, but kind of your working world. Well, yes. And, and it was a great relief to finish doing that. Mm. <laughs> but now, of course, you've got super swish trains. So they're, they're nice electric ones. They're actually much better than, of course, when I did it. They were originally, I think, diesel trains. It, yeah. Though the interesting thing is the timetable in those days was actually quicker. You could get to St Pancras in about sort of um, 18 minutes or something. Oh. It's longer than that now. But do you think that's yeah. because there's more stops? It's just because um, the old trains, they just could put their foot down literally and just hammer along. They had, I suppose they had speed limits, but basically they could go faster. Mm. Um, anyway, I mean, I, I suppose that's what I'm thinking. I don't remember the other things. Uh, of course, the first time I flew somewhere, I think I was a bit younger than 18, but that was quite unusual to be able to go on, on an aeroplane. And of course, these days... I've met nine-year-olds who've been halfway around the world, you know, and this kind of stuff. Yeah, I was going to, that made me think of um, a time when, so when I was 16, I went, I flew to Austria on my own. And that kind of felt like that should be something that I was doing when I was 18. But I feel like there's 16 and 18, you do, it's funny how we put a lot of emphasis on those two birthdays. I don't know why 16 we put so much emphasis on, but sometimes things that you think maybe you'd get done at 18, you actually get done before then well it's a sort of maturity thing isn't it Mm. i mean that's some people are are mature at 16 some people aren't yeah um yeah okay the other thing i was going to mention and i know you're studying politics so this is really important is 18 of course you get a vote oh of course i i i made a mind map prior to this podcast and i didn't even put that on you, pro- you haven't had a chance to vote probably since the summer because no. there hasn't been any elections. <gasps> oh my gosh, yeah, now I can vote. I actually didn't think about that. So I think the first election you'll be able to vote in is next May, which is a local election. I can't remember which council it is you'll be electing, but it's probably some St Albans councillors. I think they do that a third of the council at a time. Yeah. So you'll, get a, you'll get a vote. That's. I think that's every two to four years local council elections, I'm pretty sure. I, be, I actually uh, well, have been learning about that. Well, there's some do it all in one go every four years and some do it um, 
a third of a time each of three years three. and then have a, a gap. Right, okay. And, and St Albans Council is definitely one where they do a third at a time. Mm. That's like the um, US Congress. It's either the Senate or the representatives that they, that happens. Yeah, the US Senators have got a bit more power than St Albans councillors, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> definitely. They're not necessarily any better. No, no, that's true, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, actually, of course, you could stand as a candidate if you wanted to as well. I... Should, oh my god! Should you want to? My mind's being blown. No, <laughs> I could actually. Yeah. Wow. I could. Maybe I will. <laughs> well, there you go. So, I mean, there'll be a lot of competition in in St Albans. There's lots of very politically minded people, I'm sure. Mm. Um, but I mean, these are all things which uh, you sort of have realizations as you just did. So, yeah. oh gosh, I hadn't thought of that. No. Um, so you can do all sorts of things um, at that age, which um, and it's really funny. I mean, you know, um, I mentioned to you once I think before my, my daughter was runs these sort of uh, cub scouts and she had been running the local troop I think that's the right word mm, yeah. <laughs> um, for a while um, from sort of 16 and then of course one day she suddenly became 18 so she had to get um, a, the DBS certificate you know which is let me see what is it it's um, disclosure and barring I think it oh disclosure and barring remember. service yeah that's the one basically to prove she hadn't got a sort of police record or, or hadn't been convicted of something mm. and and so on but it's obviously going one week to the next week she suddenly became an adult and she had to have this to be able to continue doing what she'd been doing for a year and a half already what, what else did you find i mean there's probably all sorts of things you can do now you can um, do insurance policies and things like that for yourself um and all this sort of financial technical stuff you mentioned about banks you can get bank accounts before you're 18 but it's it's more difficult I also I mean this is kind of a bit more of a depressing side of things but I do find when as you get into older like mental the mental we won't go into this in a lot of detail but you see a lot of like mental health issues emerging amongst teenagers and I think that can be quite common at 18 for something to kind of come out of the woodwork that you didn't really expect because there's a lot of pressure to have a really great social life social media paints that false version of reality I, I think nowadays mental health issues are a lot more common and I think I don't know if you would agree but I think teenage teenage years are where they are most likely to emerge I th- I'm not sure whether they're more common but I think that they're more recognized more, yeah that's true yeah yeah um, more you know, spoken about diagnosis well certainly we talk about things we wouldn't have talked about before in the past it would all be a bit sort of embarrassing to talk about things like this or whatever Mm. um and obviously there's lots more um medical medical treatments and things available um although of course over the last two years it's been a bit different from that a lot of things have gone undiagnosed undiagnosed yes i know um yeah well i think obviously the um thing that we've all been through with being at home much more uh not being able to go out or, or perhaps in some cases people still very concerned and, and worried about going outside or meeting up with lots of people mm. um I, I certainly know a number of people who are still in that situation but they're, they're not necessarily young people but yeah it can be very um, isolating as well i think so and so it's a sort of self-resilience thing and and like you know people say oh we're all working from home now 
um, that's something which people can cope with, but other people find quite difficult because they're isolated and they, they really sort of lose connections and they lose their sort of sense of time and all the rest of it. Yeah, I actually really agree with that because in the job that I do, I talk to a lot of people who are working from home just to have like little chats with them. And a lot of them say they do enjoy it because they spend more time with their family and they can dictate their schedule a little bit more. They don't have to spend the money on commuting all the time. But then I try the way I think about it is I just think that would be quite difficult because I revise quite a lot at home because my mum's at work in the day. And I do find it can be quite lonely because you don't have anyone there to just have a little chat with for a break. You don't get up and have a coffee with someone. You can't just walk around onto the street. You can walk onto the street, but it's not like you're in London and you can go get a coffee from a cafe or I mean, you I mean, you kind of can do that, but not in a, not a, as much at home. Yeah, so it is interesting how that... And the effect on mental health in due to the pandemic has been very significant. Well, obviously, um, at your age and sort of young adults, um, you want a social life, which is um, part of the sort of growing up in, and so on. And um, part of that would be meet people you meet at work, maybe you go out to drink with workmates and whatever afterwards. Mm. Um, you might meet people... I mean, commuting can be quite fun in some cases because you tend to go and catch a train at the same time. So you see the same people every day. And, yeah, that's um, true. If you're like me, which is um, regarded as slightly foreign traits, you know, I, I talk to people on trains. And buses, <laughs> um, and, and most British people don't do that. They hide behind a newspaper or something. Or these days, stick in those little white headphones and just go off into a different planet somewhere. Mm, yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. But I think I enjoy that. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, no, I do too sometimes. But mm. um, the point is that um, they're all little elements of a different type of life, um, which you you lost if you're working at home the whole time. And I think mm. what most people are doing now, I, know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and she said that she's now working two or three days a week in London. And the other days, you know, obviously, she can work from home. And uh, that's quite a good mix of things, except everybody wants to be what they call twats. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. <laughs> really? That's interesting. I've never heard that before. I would see why you'd want that though. And I think as what you said about you kind of when you're working from home and you're not working in an office anymore, you do see, you do kind of realise it's really becomes prominent to you everything that you really enjoyed about commuting and maybe you took for granted. And that also links me on to going back to the subject of being 18. I don't think I am, and I probably think a lot of people are guilty about this, appreciated, appreciative enough of my youth, of my age, of being so healthy, hopefully, hopefully, in most cases, people are at a young age, tend to be a bit more healthy or very active, well, um, all these opportunities ahead. I think it's such an exciting time. And from speaking to my mum at certain points, I think sometimes with my brother off at uni, me off at uni, it's hard for a parent because they feel like their life's slowing down and our life is speeding up. Hmm. Mm. Interesting thought. I mean, obviously the health thing is one where young people, I mean, it's, I'm being sort of um, uh, typifying it, but so many people feel themselves to be really invincible. And if you have an injury or something when you're, you know, in your age or sort of in your twenties, um, it's quite a shock that you can, you can be injured or you can be ill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and obviously, um, over the past uh, 18 months or so, uh, young people have been catching COVID, for example, which, you know, everyone says, oh, it doesn't affect them very much. But mm. I do know someone who got COVID and was really quite ill and, and she's only a few years older than you. Yeah, exactly. Um, people, um, 
I think with the whole COVID pandemic thing, not thing, but with with COVID, people definitely my age thought, oh, we're we're not even if we catch it, we're not going to be very ill. Like we're we're a bit invincible. We don't need to be as worried. But to kind of show, it's proven to us that we're not immune from everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so um, should we try and sum up a bit? I mean, really, what are the best things about being eighteen for you? You think definitely the um being able to drink out and go to nightclubs because i think when when you go to when you reach my age you, you kind of your social life is peaking in a way usually you want to go out more you want that independence kind of for me i've seen my sibling go through the emotions of being 18 like going out going to nightclubs blah blah, blah. and i want to do that as well so i think that's really exciting um I also think one of the best bits is just all the opportunities available to you. I'm so excited for my the opportunity to go to university and then have my course and hopefully spending a year abroad. And I just think it's such a cool time. And although it is tricky with A levels and studying, like that is hard. It's all there's a big reward because you get re- you just get rewarded for your hard work. I think at this age, um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, university is three years away from home uh, by yourself, um, and then obviously meeting loads of new people, having good social life, at least <laughs> not in the last year again, but I mean, obviously, in future, one hopes to get back to that sort of thing in, in university. So it's very life cha- life changing, I think, is the right sort of phrase for mm. that. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, is quite interesting and it's, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably that's the thing to look forward to. So that's good. And you've got a nice positive view towards it, which is excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've got to be positive. Half um, cup, half full, rather than half empty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. And I, yeah, it's so long ago for me, I'm not sure I can remember much about it. I was going to say, yeah, what do you think <laughs> your best bits of being 18 were? I think probably because I could drive and I was lucky enough to have my own car. Um, so I, of course, then became the um, designated driver for lots of people every yeah. time we went out somewhere. But I remember I did actually go with some friends and it was really looking back on it now. I think oh, I'm not sure I would do this, but I had this sort of 15 year old car and we decided to go and visit some relatives of one of my friends in Norway. And so we actually drove to Norway. I mean, well, we had to go on the ferry, of course. Wow. <laughs> basically. And uh, looking back on that now, I think, God, how did we do that? You know, it's uh, you just amazing. when you're young, you just you just do things. I think like everyone, a lot of my friends have the attitude like, let's just do it, let's try it out. Like you're quite um ambitious. We're well, not ambitious, but kind of a bit. You have less worries about things. I think you're a bit less cautious. Well, I remember actually on that occasion we, we were driving around in in Norway, and obviously it's. Lovely place in Norway if you want to go there, and people were very friendly. Mm. Um, we came across a bunch of students from the local university, and they'd just arrived back from a visit they'd made in some dilapidated old car. And they'd been to like Turkey and um, I think Greece and all sorts of places like that. They'd been driving for, for several months around all over sort of Eastern Europe at the time. And I thought, ooh, compared with what we were just done driving all through civilized countries like Norway mm. um, is something quite interesting. So, I mean, you can do these things. You can go backpacking around the world and all the rest of it. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things you can look forward to and do things. Although of course you have to be sort of aware of some of the places and some of the issues. Mm, yeah. Uh, 
Um, but uh, yeah, well, I don't want to suggest that to you. But <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone who's listening, I hope that they're excited for being eighteen because it is a good, it is a really good time. And the time goes past very quickly, mm. and then suddenly you have to leave university and get a job and earn a living and all that sort of Sometimes thing. Sometimes I do think that that I look back now and I I feel like it's been one second and since I've from gone from zero from one to eighteen. Like I just think time is absolutely blown like it's ridiculous how quickly it goes absolutely true and as i say once once you're back into that sort of life of work it's um it goes on for a while and and you, you've lost that period which you've got now yeah. between now and the end of university when you can do lots and lots of things so it's it's a good time to be optimistic definitely you could perhaps pick up a tennis racket and see if you can beat emma yeah <laughs> give it a go give her a run for her money yeah Absolutely. Okay, well, Anna, it's great talking to you again, and thanks for that. And um, interesting discussion, yeah. and uh, quite a few thoughts that you've left me with, and I think probably you've got a few other ideas now. Oh, definitely. I told you you can vote, and you, you were shocked. I know. Obviously, I knew that. Just to clarify, I did know that I could vote 18, but I just forgot, <laughs> really, momentarily. Okay. Anyway, you've been listening to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Vera 92.6 FM. Well, a podcast of it anyway. And if you are interested in this, you can find more podcasts from the Generation Gap on RadioVeralum.com website. And obviously, uh, you can tune in again to listen to us next time because we do these podcasts every week or two. So there you are. Thanks very much. Bye.